Good morning. Hey, Bash, you say good morning. I've been speaking since I got you this morning. Goeiemorgen. Hoe gaan dit met julle? Gaan dit nog goed? Halleluja, prezieere. Amen. Ex van Brakpana. My Afrikaans is nog goed. Dank julle. Oh, the Afrikaans forfeits me. I'm sorry. I was going to make a sentence. I'm like, ah, you know when it disconnects? Anyway, Afrikaans has left the chat. But did you guys enjoy worship this morning? Sheesh, that thing in the beginning there, I don't know what that was, but praise the Lord. It was good. I felt it in my heart. Did you guys feel it in your heart? Eh? Like, jeez. I'm telling you, you know, connecting with God has got to be the greatest privilege in life. You know, there's, there's a lot of talk about privilege and all this stuff and everything in the last couple of years, but I'm telling you, to be able to connect with the one true living God in your heart, the creator of all, the redeemer, the king of kings, and to know him in your heart, guys, there is nothing. There's no car, there's no house, there's no bank balance, there's no career that's even going to come close. God can fulfill us in places that this world can't even come close to. Amen? Amen. And I tell you, that song, Lion, um, it's called Lion, it's not called Raw. Did you guys enjoy that? Hey? Yes, it is. Give the band a round of applause. Praise the Lord. It was so cool. So we rock up here on Thursday, and then Ash picks up the mic, and he's like, Raw! I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, do it like that. That's good, like that, you know? But I tell you, you know, that song, it's so amazing because uh, um, when Jesus came the first time, he came as the lamb to be slaughtered, right? But man, when he comes again, he's coming as the king. He's coming as the king. Have you guys ever thought about that? Think about what it's like to have a righteous ruler. Think about what it's like to not have a corrupt politician in power, eh? Think about what it's like to have laws in the land that are truly beneficial to us. Amen? How do you think Jesus would change the tax laws? He'd probably take them away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tax sucks. Saz, if you're listening. Anyway. <laughs> hey, man, before I forgot, we've got, we've got a, a special birthday. One of the youngest people in the oh, room yeah. today. DeAndre, let's just say happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Check his mom caught him out there. He's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you today, bud? Ten. Who out is you vandaag? Thirteen. Wow. Oh, Teenager. Yes, I don't speak Afrikaans because, like, even though I am a Burki, it's so weird. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, when I speak, it's like, you know when, when you lose signal and you get that buffering <laughs> thing there? That's what it looks like in my, in my brain. The wheel. Trying to get to the next word. So it's torture for whoever's listening. So I don't even <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Amen. God is so good, folks. Aren't you, aren't you hopped up about how good God is? Yes. Yes, man. God is amazing. What a pleasure. So we did say that we are staying on the, the kingdom series and what it means to be in the kingdom of God, the difference between the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, what it means to repent truly in the Bible. For folks that have never been in the service, we've done some serious Bible work through 2023, um, explaining what repentance looks like. What does it mean to repent? There's such a shallow idea of repentance in the church today. And what we explained, we went through things, we broke it down. You know, 117 times the word repent is used in the Bible. Not one time does it mean repent from your sin. But all you've ever been told is that you must repent from your sin. And that is change. And that's why we are on the subject today. The subject for the next couple of weeks is transformation versus change. 
Amen? The Bible never uses the word change. It always uses the word transformation. What's the difference between the two? The word change denotes something that you have to do by yourself, in your own strength. Transformation denotes a product of being in the right environment. A product of being in the right environment. That's why I was singing that this morning in my heart. I was singing, I've got to see you, Lord. I've got to see you. Because no transformation takes place in the human heart, okay, through information. Information is not going to do it for you. I promise you. I've studied the Bible for 10, 15 years now, nonstop, preached the Bible, all that stuff that you can think of in the background. Not one time studying a scripture and memorizing it in my brain or having a mental picture of it has it transformed me. The only time I ever get transformation, growth, or depth in my walk with the Lord is when I see God. I allow the scripture to take me to the author. I allow the scripture to show me, to take me on a journey to see God for who he really is. Because no transformation takes place unless you see God in your heart. Do you know that your heart has five senses just like your body? Hello? How many of you guys know that? It's just a mirror image. So the physical is a mirror image. See, feel, taste, touch, smell. But we are not, we're not carnal. We're not supposed to be walking in the natural. We have been made new by the Spirit of God that lives inside of our hearts. Our hearts are now alive. Amen? And we have to tap in to the power of the Spirit, to the view of the Spirit, to the perspective of the Spirit. We can't hang around up here in all the old things, the old pictures, the old ways that you were taught at the Baptist church 30 years ago. Or that you were taught in some religious setting. Or the idea that Opa and Omar gave you of God. You need to see God for who He is. And the only time that takes place is, is when you glimpse him with the ears, the eyes, you taste him in the heart. The scriptures say, taste the Lord and see. Amen? See what? He is good. Does that mean I'll go take a bite out of his hand? No. I don't go take a bite out of Jesus. I'm not a carnal being. The Bible's not speaking to a carnal man. When the Bible speaks, it speaks to reborn or born again, regenerated spirits, hearts. So the terminology that we read in English or Greek or whatever, it's natural terminology, I. I, so we think see. But when the Bible's saying it, it's talking about what do you see inside your heart? Have you exercised your spiritual man? Have you grown spiritually so that you can see, hear, feel, taste, and touch God from the depths of your heart, the real you? Not from the soul family. Are you with me? The soul is, a, the soul is, a, is inter interpreting what it's feeling, what it's seeing in the physical. The soul can't do it for you. And that's why we're talking to you about New Year's resolutions once again. Every year, we put the brakes on the flesh. And we bring you back to the spirit man. 
And we say, change your perspective, change your view, because you're about to set yourself off on a trajectory for this year built on your flesh. Remember what I said last week, everybody's coming into 2024, and this is what they're saying. They're saying, going to get wiser, going to get stronger, going to get thinner, going to get more skilled, I'm going to get faster, more efficient at work. I'm going to read new books, do new courses. I'm going to get a whole new, uh, 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 whatever it is. What are they doing? What do you call that in the Bible? What does the Bible call that? What's the spiritual label for that? Can anyone tell me? It's called the pride of life. What's the pride of life? The pride of life, now listen carefully, folks. The pride of life is this. It's when you are attempting to add those things, okay, your brain, your intellect is going, okay, lack over here, okay, need over here, oh, want over here, oh, that's the picture of myself over here. And you know what it does? It goes and it creates an image and then you go from your soul, your brain, your intellect, and you go, yes, if I read that book, I'm going to transform. Yeah. Oh, if I go to gym and get a six-pack and sign up with Jacqueline for 2024, I am going to be a different person. If I do this course, I am going to be a different person. That's what I need because that's that picture that I'm trying to fill. Hello? This is called the pride of life. We have to snap out of this family. The church is doing this every single year. Why? Because the church is carnal. They're not spiritual. That's the pride of life. Why is it the pride of life? Because it's actually you determining who you are based on your emotions, based on the person you're seeing in the, in the mirror. I need to go for some Botox. Maybe I'll be a better person. I need to go get myself a hairpiece. Maybe I'll be, that will be the thing that does it for me. Are you with me? Hello? Carnality is not just sex, drugs, and rock and roll, family. Carnality is you trying to try all these things and add it to you so that you can become a better person, a, a new person, something better than last year. And you're going to get yourself in the trap. Because there's nothing worse than setting you back when your own willpower and everything runs out by March. Some other people, February, yeah. Some other people after second service. <laughs> Are you with me? Hello? You see, this is the problem. You can run it. There's nothing, listen, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing all that stuff. Yeah. But when you run out to do all that stuff, to try and make yourself more uh, 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 valuable or more spiritual or closer to God, are you with me? You, you're doing it from the flesh. This is why I'm saying this morning, you've got to see God. You have to see God. Hello? Yeah. In the book of Psalms, it says that in your light, we have light. Hello? 
So your light that you're actually seeing through, you're seeing all these limited things. If I do that, if I get this, if I get more bucks, if I get... You're seeing it in your light. But when you see God, when you see who God is, when you see what God has done, when you see Jesus and who your new identity is, that's the new you. That's when all those things fall, up, fall away. They fall apart. And what happens is you walk in this light, and it's the truth, what you really need, what your heart really seeks. Hello? Real transformation. Real transformation. You can go do all those things. All you've done is upgraded your, your robot, and you've upgraded all your systems. You've got some new program downloads, but guess what? You've got more information, <clears throat> you've got more skills, you've got all this, but guess what? Your image of yourself still hasn't changed because you haven't seen who you are. So by March, February, so February, March, April, let's say July, by July, 2024 sucks just as much as 2023 because nothing has taken place except you know how to work your phone better. I don't know. You know how to work your computer better. We've got to prioritize. We are spiritual beings in a kingdom, and we live from our hearts, not from our flesh. Amen? Are you with me, guys? Turn to the person next to you and say, perception. <coughs> perception. That's what true repentance is, guys. True repentance is getting a new perception. And you can't get a new perception of anything that is worthwhile or true unless you see it in him first. Amen? Connection. You have to see. That's who you are. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have been made new. You are a new creation. Stop walking in the old man. Stop walking in the old man. Hello? It's so important, guys. When the Bible speaks to us, the Bible doesn't refer to you ever again. Go read, the New, go read the New Testament realities in the epistles. When it speaks to you, it speaks to, speaks to you as a new creation, as a king, as a priest, as a child of God, as a victorious one. Are you with me? You've got to see that in Christ. Because you're not victorious outside of Christ. Christ is the one who did it. And your new reality is in Him. You need to climb into Him. Feel what it feels like to be a champion. You can't go rev it up in your own, in your own strength. He is. He said, I overcame the world. Therefore, you will overcome the world. But not if you're trying to go do all these things and then add God to it. No. Lose yourself. Fall into God. Go experience Him in the heart. See who He really is. And watch. You will grow exponentially in all those other things. That's the, that's the promise of God. Hello? That's the promise. Can we see Him? Are we really looking for Him? Are we really looking for that image? That clear cut perfect father. That's it. 
Because until we see who he is, we're never going to experience who we are. It's just how it goes. What do the scriptures say? Scriptures tell us over and over, in your light, we have light. In 1 John 3, uh, let's, let's just actually go there, 1 John 3, 2. I think it's 2 or 3, 1. 1 John 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. Now, we're not becoming, the Holy Spirit is inside you. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. One, uh, uh, Ephesians 1, all the way up to 14, go and read it, okay? Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Hello? We are children of God, but it not yet has it been revealed what we shall be in Christ. What we can actually be, what we can actually experience where we can actually go as a child of God, okay? It says, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, that's good. Hello? What are you looking for when you come to church? What are you looking for when you read in the Bible? I can tell you right now, and this is a struggle that all of us have, and I had it for the first 10 years of my life as a reborn Christian, is that every time I go into the Bible, I'm looking for something the Bible, in the Bible to tell me to change about myself. Or I'm trying to find something in the Bible that's going to help me change myself. And then I take the Scripture and I apply the Scripture to change myself. There's no power in that. There's zero power in that. Even the scriptures say that the, the, the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. Hello? This is the problem when we read in the Bible. This is what we've been taught. This is religion, guys. What are you looking for when you come here? What are you looking for when you open the Bible? You're supposed to be looking for Jesus. You're supposed to be looking to see him in his perfect light. Because all you need for transformation to take place in your heart is if you can see that in your heart, it happens automatically. It happens without effort. It happens without courses. Hello? That's how you were designed. That's how you were designed. Are you looking for him? This is the key. Are you looking for him? Yeah. What does it say in 2 Corinthians 3? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, I think from 16, isn't it? Maybe. Around there, let's have a look and see what it says. So it says there that now we are children of God, but it hasn't been revealed what we can be until we see him in his perfection. In his true light. Now, in Corinthians, what does it say? Second Corinthians 3. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, okay, or the Spirit, the veil is taken away. See, before this, it's actually speaking about how the Israelites 
every time they read the law, because the law always condemns you, the law always tells you that you're guilty. So the, the veil for the Israelites that they had to remove was legalism. They couldn't see the perfection of God. They couldn't see Jesus. They couldn't see that in their hearts because what they kept looking at was the law to be righteous. They kept looking at the law to be righteous before they could experience God. Hello? But it says once you, once you remove the veil, okay, the veil for them, the veil for the, for the Israelites was legalism. What's the veil for the Greeks? Knowledge. Carnality. Philosophies. They had to remove that veil. What's your veil? What veil do you have to remove so that you can see him for who he is? Maybe it's, I come from a poor family. I had such a hard background. There's just, there's no way God could possibly make something of me. Until you remove that veil, you, you ain't going to see him because you're still running on your past. You're still running on the physical. You're supposed to be seeing him in the spirit, in your heart. Hello? What is your veil this morning? What is the veil that you're struggling with? Anyone brave enough to shout out a veil, yeah? Pride. Praise the Lord. Pride underpins every single one of them. Amen? Because the pride doesn't allow you to surrender to the true Lord. That's why it says, when you remove the veil and you turn to the Lord... What's Lord mean? It means owner. Okay? When you, return, when you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away, yes? Okay? Keep going. 17. Now the Lord is, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty from what? The devil. Demons. Huh? Anyone? Liberty from ourselves. You are your biggest enemy. You are the one that traps you. The devil don't have to set traps for you. You're setting one for yourself. 2024, I'm going to have a six-pack. Of what? <laughs> you're going to do it by the flesh, and guess what? Like we said, by March... You're going to swear at that virgin active every time you drive past it. You're going to say, the place is filled with the devil. Look at those vain people. <laughs> you know? And this is, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty from the veil. Liberty from you operating in your flesh. You put the veil on you. You have to remove the veil that mom and dad put on you. You have to remove the veil that peer pressure has put on you. You have to remove the veil. Turn to the Lord so that there is liberty. You need to see him. Look what it says next. Look here. It goes on to say, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Hello? This is not about you reading the Bible to see what you must do. This is about you looking for Jesus, and when you glimpse him, when you see him, when you, when you taste him, where? In your heart. You've got to exercise your spiritual senses. Do you know that I've, I've, I've got to a place once where I smelt the Holy Spirit? I wasn't the same for three days. I'm telling you. I was at a wedding. Two virgins were getting married. And these two, this young guy used to come to my house for Bible study every morning before I was even a pastor. And I spent time with him. His name is Brendan Evans. What an amazing kid. Well, today he's father of four or five kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to build a church there by himself. <laughs> His church growth is, he's got a different idea yeah, of it. Yeah. He's got the right idea. <laughs> but anyway, um, we were invited to their wedding, and we were sitting over there in the ceremony in the reception area. And there was another pastor sitting at the table with us, their pastor from the church they had joined later on. And he's also a pastor who understands grace. name's Adrian. And uh, we were sitting there, and the next moment, I smelt the smell and my entire, I can't even explain it to you. My perception of what we were doing there, what was happening in the room, everything just got changed in a moment. And I turned to him, and he turned to me at the same time, and he said, Dids, can you smell that? I said, I can smell that. I can't explain the smell. But it transformed something inside of me. That experience changed my, my level of, uh, uh, um, understanding to respect his presence. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it made me want to, to know, geez, Lord, this smell that's, that's coming from this, 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 these two virgins that are giving their lives to you in such purity, and they've, they've kept this thing for the right reason, not for the wrong reason, obviously. And you've come here and you've blessed this place with this fragrance. I want to know, how can I get that fragrance? That I, I forget about... Guess, spray, or whatever you call it. What's it? Forget about, huh? Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss. Imagine you can carry that fragrance. Amen? Let me tell you something. For, you asked church for, I think, about two days. I couldn't shut up about that smell. I was like, I, man, I smelt it. It was, there's nothing that can explain it. I've heard, you know, at that point, I had experienced God. I had seen things. I had an experience when I went to heaven. I've, I've shared it with you guys. I had an experience where I have heard God's voice audibly in my heart. I have felt God's embrace. I have felt his love for me. I felt his grace. I had experienced all those things. I've been touched by, but I never smelt him. But that day, it was all five senses, boom, you've experienced you can't go back to your flesh after this stuff, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. This place is dead. Mm. When you have transitioned from your flesh and you've experienced God like that, there's nothing out there that could ever stimulate you like that ever again. I don't care if you make a million bucks an hour. An hour. It will not fulfill you like that. Because... You are a spiritual being that has been made new, regenerated, and you are one with the Holy Spirit. Your true desires in your nature, now your true nature, are not those of the world. 
It cannot stimulate you ever again. It should not be able to. Obviously, you still hear, and still there's old feelings, and there's things that you see, and like Mark and I were chatting about the other day, all the half-naked girls that come up on your phone, guys. Nowadays, swipe away. <laughs> there's temptations or whatever. But even if you go and you fall for that picture, and you meditate on whatever, that thing is not going to fulfill you the way the Holy Spirit has before. So all you're actually going to do is just going to put yourself in a place where you will torment yourself. Because you'll be like, yes, but my flesh is getting stimulated. But geez, Lord, I know how good you are. I've tasted you. Exactly. All this is, yeah, it's just some hormones. And I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to wrap my image and myself around what I'm feeling in my hormones. Men, do you know you can go change your hormones tomorrow? Your hormones can change in a moment. Mm. But if you've tasted his goodness, who he is, it's the only thing that keeps us. He who is born of God cannot sin. He who has the incorruptible seed inside of him cannot want to sin. Hello? Hello? What are you looking for? Family, we can't carry on. If you don't do this thing properly, in three years' time, no matter how much you believe what Bash teaches you or what I teach you, in three years' time, you'll run to another church, you'll look for something fresh and something new because you haven't done what you need to do and you'll think a new experience is going to change you. Mm. Yeah. Do now. Do it now. And then in the next three years, you'll go to another church. And in the next three years, you'll go to another church. Nothing's going to change inside of you. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Turn to the person next to you, man. Look them deep in the eyes and say, I want to see him. I need to feel him. That's it. I want to taste him. That's it. It's the only thing that will take you beyond your broken flesh. That's it. 100%. Sorry, Bash. <laughs> He's supposed to jump in, but I haven't given him a job. <laughs> You good? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But on that, on that point, right, it's important that everyone following this morning, that there is a desire we need to have in our heart, a decision we need to take. And you know, the Bible is very clear. As a new covenant Christian, new covenant believer, right, you are to walk by faith, right? The Bible says we are justified by faith, okay? So faith is actually the test to purify your motive. What do I mean? Because like you asked now, what are you looking for? That's the question we all need to answer, right? Now, the Bible teaches us that through Jesus, you cannot earn more favor from God. Did you know that? If you didn't, you can go study it. It's there, right? But it also tells us that you don't need to plead with God to escape wrath or judgment. So now, if we are to approach God based on the fact that we can't get any more favor. He's not going to give us more blessings because the Bible tells us he gives us everything freely. He has already deposited it within us. 
And if it tells us that we are eternally righteous because we have the righteousness of Christ, then we need to take a decision to say, okay, but then why am I here? Why am I sitting in this chair this morning? Am I here to hopefully hear something, to fix something in my life? Am I here to hopefully, you know, uh, just get at peace with God or all these things, right? It is the test in our own hearts. What is our motive? You know, how many of us walk with God and be like, yes, God, if you could just fix this thing, I'd be okay. Yes, God, if you could just, you know, give me this, I'd be okay. The question we need to ask ourselves is, why are we not feeling okay being in Christ? Amen? And, and this is picking up from last week, you know, because now we're faced with the truth that when we come to God in our own hearts, we need to decide he's enough. We need to decide that, listen, Lord, I'm, I'm right here now before you. If nothing in my life changes, if nobody in my life changes, everything stays the same forever, I'm content with you. Ooh. Now we get into the reality of it. Because you see, walking with God is not a quick recipe, a solution, a safeguard, or all these things. Those are byproducts or fruit of that. But walking with God is about knowing Him. Amen? You know, some people come and, and, and they, they want to do all the godly things and, you know, everything. And they're like, yeah, if I just do this, I'm going to get somewhere. No, no, no. You're in Christ. The question is, are you experiencing what it means to be in Christ? And you see, the carnal world has told us or has, has caused us to replace the experience of his goodness and his love and his righteousness, his holiness right? His peace, all these things that are immeasurable in the world. We've replaced it with, okay, if I'm experiencing Christ, then I would have a certain amount of money. If I'm experiencing Christ, I'd have a certain level of problems. Are you guys with me? And what's happened is there's been this disconnect, right, where we have the accountability part, right? What's the accountability part? Lord, we agree there's a problem. We agree we're messed up. We agree we can't do it without you. Everyone agree? Sure. The accountability part is the easy part. We do that. But then what's step two? Because you know there's two steps to transformation. Two steps. So step one is accountability, and that's always the easy one. But do you know what step two is? Responsibility. Everyone say responsibility. Because what good is it that I'm like, yes, cool, I'm a mess, that's fine. But then the next step I say, okay, cool, I'm going to carry on being a mess. But in my heart I have an expectation of something else. Does that make sense? No. Right? It's like I'm going to, I know punching a wall is bad, but I'm going to punch it anyway and then hope God doesn't break my hand. God's not breaking your hand. You punch the wall. Are you guys with me? And last week, we were talking about the examples where we, uh, like you were talking about, you know, like the hormones or the emotions or the physical body, we, we use these benchmarks to feel a certain way about ourselves. And you guys remember last week when I was giving the example that all this evidence is in front of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all in front of us. But as a believer, the evidence that we're supposed to take about the judgments that we make about God, about ourselves, and about people is Christ. Amen? But, Pastor, I've been trying. 
You don't understand. I've been trying. I've been putting in the work. I've been, man, I've been diligent. I read the word every day. I study the Bible for decades now. I got every praise and worship song you can imagine. I pray in tongues. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm a deacon in the church. I teach on Bible school. I give so much money every month. You don't, I don't understand. Where's my breakthrough? Everyone's like, he's speaking my language here. Good, I'm glad. Because we have to be real about these things, about our efforts and our, our, our frustrations, because they need to be signals to us that we're missing it. Are you guys with me? Right? Because Scripture tells us that we have it all, but we don't necessarily experience it all. So what's happening? You know what's happening? We are not walking by faith. What do I mean? James chapter 1. Yes, I'm getting some eyes. I'm going to talk like this. Everyone's <laughs> like, what is this pastor saying? Oh, hold on, I'm going to show you now. James 1 verse 2, I want to show you this. Okay? And, and we need to talk about this. Remember, those two things, write it down. Accountability and responsibility. Right? Two very important things. Now it says here, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, man. People wouldn't want to read that scripture. They'd rather say, this is how I fight my battles. I'm going to be happy when I fall into trials. What are you talking about? You know? I'm going to see you do it again. Stop memorizing worship songs. Read the scriptures, okay? Verse 3. <clears throat> Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, this is how carnal we get. We get so carnal that we read that basic scripture and say, God's testing me. It doesn't say that. It says your faith is going to be tested. Did it say God's testing it? No. Because you live in a fallen world, but you are redeemed in your spirit. What does that mean? It means in the world, you're always going to get evidence that is contrary to what Christ has said. That is the test of your faith. Next verse. Do it again. There we go. But, everyone say but. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lack nothing. How quick do you get a result you're looking for on Google? You know, Google is so good, they even give you the time it took. 0.0013 seconds. You guys know what I'm talking about? No one uses Google, yeah? Okay. Do you use Bing, Yahoo? Anyway, whatever search engine, right? It gives you the time. Boom. Any patience there, anyone? I have this challenge sometimes. You know when you're busy having a conversation and we're trying to remember things? And it goes for about 14 seconds and people are like, oh, let's just Google it. I'm like, no! Use your brain! Don't Google it! It happened on Friday night. Where's Nico? You're here. So Nico and I are having a conversation about the greatest car movies, right? And we're like, there. And he's like, bash, let's Google it. I'm like, Nico, don't Google it! We're going to do this. And I think it was about 20 minutes, dude. I'm like, this brain is going to work. Because we're going through all the greatest car movies. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, no, we need to fall asleep. That's We're going to remember this. Hey? That's 20 minutes. Dude, That's I'm telling you, but you know what happened? I had a victory. 
Because for me, it was confirmation my brain still works. <laughs> right? Very basic example. But what happens when we have patience? When it comes to the things of God and we see His fruit develop? It gives us confidence that His way is the right way. It gives us confidence that His way is true. How long is it going to take, Bash? I don't know. We're all different. Okay, so is it seven days? Is it five days? 17 business working days? What is it? I don't know. Because I don't know what's happening in your heart. I don't know the diligence you're going to put in in the attitude of your mind to commit to God's word. Right? Check the next one. This is oof, even better. Verse 5. Oh, yeah, okay, well, go, go back to verse 4, but give me the, the NIV. I like the word they use there. Verse 3, sorry. Because it says here, <clears throat> do it again. That's like, the, that's like the key, I think. I don't know. One back. That's the word I'm looking for there. Verse 3. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces... Perseverance. Now I'm going to show you how Peter, Paul, and James emphasize the same thing. Next. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not that you may not have problems in life. Not that you may achieve all your dreams and goals. Not that you may go to places you wish you never went. What is it? That you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Now you see as a believer, this is what you got to do. This is the mechanic. We're going to get to the other two scriptures. You? Are you guys okay? A few more minutes? They're fine? We're going to get to the other two now, right? But I want you to understand this principle. Because this carnal aspect that Pastor Didi was talking about first is when we feel we need something in life, we continually decide how we want to get it. I feel so insecure with the way I look. Let me go and change the way I look. I feel so insecure by something, something. Let me go and change that. But you see, as believers, you are instructed that you must stand in faith that whatever you have been taught to go and get in the world, you can get in Christ. And that's where patience comes in. That's where perseverance comes in. Right? Oh, why'd you go and do that thing? Oh, Pastor, you don't know how bad it was. I felt like I was dying. <laughs> you know, another scripture tells us that which of you have been tempted to the point of shedding blood? Actually, I was just getting a bit of a shake. So that's why I had a, a chocolate, you know. I needed it. Trying to give up coffee, Clive, this was not for you. No, it's not for you. Don't worry. It's for someone else. <laughs> Immediately, he was like, no, Bash, that's not from the Lord. But you know, have you ever tried to give up coffee for a little while? He drinks Jacob's coffee. It's fun. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't drink Jacob's now. He's a true follower. <laughs> but, but when you try, <laughs> anyone ever try to diet? And what happens? You feel it in your body. You know? You're sitting there at work and you go, you know, you start looking like you're part of Slytherin. You know? And, and you go in, you go in, you're like, nah, let me just go for it. Do you realize what has happened in your heart in that moment? In that moment, you forfeited the word you're trying to believe. That's right. Let's take it one step further. Let's take it one step further. Let's say you're having insecurities about something, right? And someone comes along and makes a statement. 
It's not even aimed at you, right? But they make a statement that's kind of generalized, and you take this thing and you're like, oh, I'm so useless. Oh, my gosh. And you sit on that thing for three days. What have you done? You have forfeited the word that you're trying to believe in your heart. You know, there a thousand voices can come and shout in your face evidence that is contrary to the word of God. And you know what you need to do by yourself through the grace of God? Your decision in your heart, you'll say, okay, but I'm standing on this. Okay, but I'm standing on this. Because you see, there isn't a 0.013 seconds that you get a result. Because Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 4 that, how does it work? It's seed, it's time, and it's harvest. It's not, how do I experience righteousness? Search. And you'll find a thousand blog posts and websites, right? But it's not going to help you. Because in your heart, you need to commit to the word you choose to believe. Can I just say, say, you know that the two most searched things on Google over the last 10 years was, why am I here? What's my purpose? Who is God? Who is God? Yeah. What is God? Who is God? How crazy, eh? How crazy. And, Hmm. And, you know, a lot of the times what we do is that we are in our flesh because we have a need, we have a desire, and we will accept evidence other than God. How do I get rich quick? People go listen to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Are they good principles? Maybe. But is it the power to getting rich? No. How do I feel self-confidence? Go listen to Tony Robbins. If anyone here is listening to Tony Robbins, I'm going to discipline you. You unsubscribe from that channel now. Okay? That man's dangerous. Don't listen to any motivational speaker. But let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We get in there. Are you guys with me? we got to put this on the ground, ladies and gents, because a lot of the times when we are carnal-minded, you know what happens? We hear all the good things of God, but we're constantly disappointed in our hearts because we never get there. But Scripture is clear on how we're supposed to get there. Look at this, Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through... Right. What is faith? Trusting in God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go next. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. 25? No, I want to go to 2. There we go. No? Romans 5, 2. Do it again. Almost. Let's keep our guys at the back there. Round of applause. Come on, guys. They're trying. They're working with dilapidated equipment. There we go. Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. Where are you standing now? Where are you standing now? Only these people get it. Where are you standing now? Grace. Thank you. Right? And we boast in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Next. Now look at this. Three. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Right? James said the same thing. Jeez, we missed these ones. Pata, wait, hold on. Because we know that suffering produces what? Now, let's be honest for a second, church. If you were to judge yourself, where are you on the perseverance scale? One to ten. You don't have to speak it out. But where are you on the perseverance scale? 
Yeah, everyone's giving a chuckle. Let's carry on. Verse 4. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Uh, are we going to verse 4? Yeah. Can you put uh, four and five, uh, uh, three and four together? Sorry. I want to I just follow it through. So it produces perseverance. Perseverance produces what? Character. Right? And character gives us what? Hope. So what's happening here? He's saying, when you go through the process of standing firm and persevering through based on God's word, having evidence in front of you that is completely contrary to what God's word is saying, when you stand on that and you start cultivating it in your heart and persuading your heart, you know what's going to happen? You're going to develop resilience. What does resilience do? Resilience tells you that, okay, it doesn't matter what bad situation I'm in, I'm not getting affected here. Are you with me? And then when you have that resilience and you get into a situation, regardless of the pressure, you're going to be like, no, 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 no. I've tested this. God is faithful. He's got a way out. He's going to lead me just like he's done a thousand times before. Are you guys with me? So it's not just a thing of, oh, we're trusting God. We're trusting God, but we're broken and beaten in the same way. In the meantime, the guys were chained in the prison. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord always. I'm like, Paul, are you cooked, bruh? What are you saying? You're in a Roman prison, uh, a Greek prison, chained up in sewage. Because the sewage used to run down by the prisoners, right? And he says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, do you think that someone who can say that is just doing it because it's a good idea? Because I can do a lot of things that are good ideas to a certain point. <laughs> There's a pressure point I can't handle anymore. Then something real is going to come out, you know? But when they made statements like this, right, they had a reality that was bigger than what was in front of them. Now, pain, suffering, tribulation, trials, all these words that the Bible uses. Do you know what? carnal Christianity has done to us. It's made us all important like Jesus. Oh, this is God's test for my life. Yes, this is how I'm going to fulfill my purpose and my calling. Where did you get that? Are we so narcissistic that we think we have a purpose as big as Jesus? I don't see any one of us here going to redeem mankind. Yo. Pastor, what are you saying? Some of you guys forget to redeem your Woolworths voucher. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> right? We look at the guys in the Old Testament, how they were called to be part of the plan over 4,000 years to bring the Messiah. We think we're on the same plane as them. I would just like to say, I see Abraham. I see uh, Isaac. I see Jacob. I see Moses. I see David. I see all these guys. I don't see Bashan there. I would just like to point out, go check if your name is in Hebrews 11. Go check. It's not. Do you know why it's not? Because you weren't part of the plan. But you're part of a different plan now. And you see, the fate of the entire universe doesn't hang on your shoulders. Hello? There's one with proper shoulders. He probably shoulder presses like a million tons or something. Are you guys with me? What do we do? We identify with our suffering and our tribulations and our pains. We say, this is it. This is how God's going to bring out the best in me. You've been lied to. If God could have his way, you wouldn't go through trials and tribulations because your trials and tribulations are Adam's fault. 
Not Christ. God didn't create a world of chaos. So His will for you is to have peace and harmony and contentment. But not in the world, in Christ. Amen? Let's end with this, 2 Peter 1. Are you guys understanding the responsibility part here? This is what it's about, guys. If you do not stand up and commit. You know, the, the, the most testing time in my life, because I've been with Pastor Didi like a long time, right? And I was very, very young when, when I met him. So it was cool. I was always like, yeah, I'm just going to ask him, Pastor, tell me, right? And it was cool, and it was cool. But I got to a point in my life where I realized, you know what? I can run to him, and he's never going to deny me. He's never going to turn me away. But there's a time you get to in life where you realize, I need to have the assurance with God that I've got with him. I know that if I pick up the phone anytime, he's either going to answer or call me back later because he was busy or something. But he's not going to leave me in a ditch, right? So I need to have that same conviction about God in my heart. And how do you do that? You need to stand yourself. You need to stand on the word. You know, we've been in a ministry for a long time, and I promise you we've seen the cycles. People come to us, how do I change this? Okay, are you connecting with God? Yeah, 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 I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. Okay, are you connecting with God? And they'd want something to do. Okay, go do this. Three months later, how do I change this? But here's the thing. Why are you so desperate to change it? Why are you only going to get peace when that thing changes? If we have that motive, we missed it. We've missed the treasure that's been given to us. Amen? Let's go Second Peter chapter 1. We're doing some, uh, some, some heavy stuff this morning. You guys okay? Am I okay with, on time? Can I get an amen? It's just like, hey, this Indian, he talks too much. Yo. Okay. Second uh, Peter. Second Peter, do it again. Okay, let's go from verse 3. Sorry, verse 3. <clears throat> you guys with me so far? Right? We don't get to skip this process. Look at your neighbor. Say, hey, you don't get to skip this process. Right, here we go. His divine power will give us everything. Is that what it says? His divine power. So what are you asking God to give you? Has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Next. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through him you may participate. Say participate. Right? You get a participation award here. Praise the Lord. In the divine nature. What was Pastor D talking about earlier? Not the flesh nature, not the dude who you were, who you're trying to fix, in the divine nature, who you are now in Christ. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now here it's telling us, how do we escape the corruption of the world? Do we want to build a bunker and not talk to anyone? No. It's participating in the divine nature. So, so far it sounds good, right? You're like, geez, I want a piece of that. Okay, let's see if you still say it. Let's, verse 5, let's go. For this very reason, make every effort. How many efforts? All, right? Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Next. 
and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. Next. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Next. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you now, there's many people here this morning and there's many believers in the world who are ineffective and unproductive in their knowledge of Jesus. They know scriptures, they know preachers, they know history, they know everything. But they are ineffective and unproductive in their knowledge of Jesus. You know why, right? Because they haven't stood to test the Lord in his word. How do you do that? People's like, yeah, I'm standing in this and I'm testing God, but they're doing it for a miracle. No, that's not what testing the Lord is. Testing his word in your own heart is this principle, that I'm going to stand and I'm going to seek until I know he fulfills it in my heart. That's what faith is. Some people's like, oh, no, no, God doesn't heal. Why? Why do you say that? I haven't seen a healing, okay? Have you seen everything in the world, all in the history, all at once? Uh, no, I haven't. So how do you know God doesn't heal? Because the Word says He heals. God doesn't provide. How do you know? I haven't seen it. But His Word said He provides. Amen? So our responsibility, church, every single day, every moment. And you know what? You've got to talk to yourself. Yeah, you look like you're crazy. But you're not surrounded by voices that are going to be like, Hey, Pastor Didi, remember, says this, don't go that way. You have to coach yourself. You have to have the, 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 the renewing of the attitude of your mind, Ephesians 4 tells us, in putting on the new man. What does that mean? It means the minute this thing comes up where it says, yes, I'm such a worthless dog. Look at my life. I'm useless. You know what you got to do? You, you have the responsibility. You got to say, sheesh, no, Lord. I accept your word. I don't accept that judgment. Bash, how can you say that? Because Paul said, reckon yourself dead in the same way Christ died to sin. We've done the study. What did it say in, in, in uh, the, the book of Jonah, the sign of Jonah? Is that even when he was in death itself, no one could hear him scream. No one could see him. No one was around him. You know what he did? He said, I know you're faithful. I know you are faithful and you will bring me up out of this death. Church, if you want to be effective and productive in your knowledge of Jesus, if you want that absolute assurance that, wow, it's not just a good idea to believe this. I know. I have tasted it in my own heart. And you know what you got to do? Even if it's 10,000 times a day, you got to say, Lord, I'm standing on your word. I'm not going to make a judgment about you. I'm not going to make a judgment about myself or other people independent of your word. That's what true faith is. True faith is not crying out and being weak and, oh, Lord, if you would just please do it again, Father. No. True faith is standing on his word and saying, Lord, there is beyond chaos around me now. But you know what? I'll stand. I trust you. Right now, I know I have limitations, but I trust you. I don't have the, the, the evidence now to stand in confidence, but by faith, I'll stand in confidence in you. Amen? I don't, have, I don't have the evidence right now that I should be whole. But you know what? By faith, I have it in Christ. 
And here's the kicker, guys. It's not about perfecting the word or even that exercise. That exercise there is about awakening your heart to his presence. Because I promise you now, no word is going to keep you committed to God. But you know what will keep you committed to God? It's his presence. Don't use reading and worship and church time and all these things to run away from opening your heart to God. You got to sit down. Bash, I've tried. Keep trying. Because your heart has to open to him. Your heart has to be in that position where, you know what? Without me changing, even everything I hate about myself and all this judgment I believe I receive, Lord, right now, I know you're good. I know I've been redeemed by Jesus. I am opening my heart to you now. And you keep have to putting yourself in that position so that you can experience his presence. People are like, well, how do I do that? It was like, okay, start. No, I did like five minutes this morning. Okay, cool, but you watch nine hours of TV in the night. Why don't you flip it around? Watch 10 hours of TV in the, in the morning and then spend nine hours with God at night. 10 minutes of TV. Eh? 10 minutes of TV. Yeah, 10 minutes of TV in the morning and nine hours with God at night, right? <laughs> don't do 10 hours of TV in the morning, okay? But are you guys understanding what I'm saying? We need to see clearly. We think because God is all-powerful and he's all-knowing and everything, he'll just make these things happen in our lives. No ways. No ways. No one, God didn't just make you get saved. You took a decision. Take a decision and commit. Stand up and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit and by his grace, you will see and taste that he is good. Amen. 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 Yes, you may. Nobody wants to be a John Doe Christian. You know what John Doe is, eh? You know when they find a dead body in the morgue and they don't have any identification, they just call it a John Doe until somebody comes and identifies. You don't want to leave this place. Man, you've got to know him for yourself now. Amen? You don't want to get to heaven like John Doe. You know, John Doe, the John Doe Christian gets to heaven. He's walking around in the streets of gold, and this guy comes up to him and he says, hey, hey, can I speak to you? And he's like... Uh, just hold on, just hold on. I need, to get to, I need to see Jesus. And this guy goes to him again. He's like, listen, I just need to chat to you quickly. Just hold on a second. And he's like, man, just leave me alone. I'm looking for Jesus. And the guy's like, just give me two minutes. And he's like, brother, I've asked you. I need to see Jesus. I can't talk right now. And the guy says, but I am Jesus. Sad story. But we don't want to leave this place and go to that place and we've never glimpsed him in our hearts we don't know who he is we've never connected with him that's a scary place amen do you know him have you seen him are you tasting him are you experiencing him that's the walk of a believer not doing church and reading the bible and all that stuff those are good things but it's all to bring you to that clear picture of who you are in christ amen so go out there this week and live like that, guys. Like he said, commit. Commit to the word. Amen? There's no other way. You have no other option. Nothing else is going to transform you. Praise the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Thank you. Let's give God one more round of applause. Come on. Father God, we just thank you that you've given us another amazing word about who you are and what you have done for us. We surrender our hearts this morning. We're going out here, Father, and we're surrendering our logic, our ways, our perceptions, our knowledge. We know we run on all those things all the time. Father, 
we're surrendering it to you. We want to get the clear picture of who we are in you. We want to f- experience who Jesus is in our hearts because we are now in him and he is in us. That's where our healing is. That's where our provision is. That's where our promotion is. That's where our energy is. That's where the life is. When we're in you, in your light, we have light. We love you, Father. I pray that each and every person this week, Father, will experience you in their heart. They will taste, they'll taste your goodness, and they'll be able to give that f- uh, a flavor from their hearts to everyone around them in the workplace, at home, their children, wherever they go. Thank you, Father, for transforming us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have an amazing week. Enjoy.